the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found the sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents and over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I have lost. Just so I tell you, There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. I speak in the name of the one living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Several years ago, I was at a clergy conference, and uh, one day during that conference, we were at a break, and there were several of us standing around, and one of the priests, his name is Tim, Tim said, I'm, uh, I've just started a new Sunday school, and I'm leading the Sunday school, and he proceeded to tell us that the whole idea is that they would discuss the kind of difficult social issues of the time and see how that was informed, or how the response is informed by Scripture. And he said, but the first session, the first time we gathered, I decided I would kind of take a poll and find out what people were thinking about, what they wanted to hear about and talk about. And we, they listed a number of different subjects. But far and away, the one topic they thought was of greatest angst for them is the topic of evangelism. He said, I was shocked. And as he told the story, I was shocked. And then I started to think about it, and I'm not so shocked. After all... We are Episcopalians, right? And for some of us, it's the E word. Why is that? I think I know. I think most, if not all of us, like myself, have been victims, and I use that word advisedly, victims of what I call aggressive evangelism. That time or times when we are figuratively or literally backed into a corner with somebody pointing their finger at us, telling us that unless we accept some some formulaic aspect of religion, then we can be assured that our souls will be, tempt, uh, will be uh, tortured and for all eternity. Well, if that is evangelism, then I have a response. No thanks. No thanks. If that is evangelism, then it is my great desire that nobody here will engage in it at all. All right, so why, preacher man, are you talking about evangelism this morning? Because today, in our gospel lesson, Jesus gives us the blueprint 
for what is authentic evangelism. And it far, it's far different than that aggressive evangelism I just described. We're going to talk about that in a minute. We need to, we need to examine that blueprint. But first, there is a word that appears repetitively in the day's gospel that we just need to talk about. We need to, <clears throat> we need to get a, get our heads around this word in order to go forward. And that word is sinner. The word sinner is a word that over the past two, four, five thousand years or more, has had a lot of baggage attached to it. It's kind of like a ship that over the years has layer after layer of barnacles attached to it. After a while, sooner or later, the, the, just the mass of these barnacles begin to impede the function of the ship. And the same is true with this baggage that has built up around the word center. It can impede our function as God's people. And so, just like you scrape barnacles off the hull of the ship, we need to scrape this baggage away from the word sinner. And to do that, let's look at the root word, the Greek word that is translated as sinner. It is hamartolo, hamartolo. And here's what it means. It means to miss the mark, to fall short. In this context, it means to miss the mark of what God would like for us to be and do. It means to fall short of what God would like for us to do and be. <clears throat> and the key here is this. If we ponder on this for a few minutes, we begin to realize who is this that falls short, that misses the mark? Who is it that is hamartolo? Well, it's you. And it's me. It is everyone. We are all Hamartolo. And so what this means is that there is no place in evangelism. There is no place for pride. There is no place for an attitude of holier than thou. Instead, far to the contrary, evangelism should be approached with great humility, with the understanding and the recognition that we are all Hamartolo. All right, so now that we got our heads right when it comes to sin and sinners, let's look at the gospel lesson. Jesus lays out his blueprint for authentic evangelism in the form of two parables. The first, of course, is the good shepherd and the sheep. Now, there are two things I want to highlight in this little parable. The first is that when the sheep goes lost, the shepherd doesn't wait for direction. The shepherd doesn't wait for somebody to give him marching orders. The shepherd doesn't uh, consult policies and procedures. The shepherd simply acts. The shepherd is proactive. And then, and far more importantly, what happens when the shepherd finds the sheep? Well, first, in light of what we've been talking about in terms of aggressive evangelism, here's what doesn't happen. The shepherd doesn't threaten the sheep. The shepherd doesn't belittle the sheep. The, th the shepherd doesn't punish the sheep. Instead, the shepherd bends down, picks the sheep up, and lays it on his shoulders. Now, let's linger with that picture for just a minute. We have a small animal that sheep are just not very smart. They're helpless. He bends down, he picks his sheep up. And he puts it so that the belly of the sheep is on his neck. 
And the, the forelegs and the hind legs are wrapped around his shoulders on the front. And in order to carry this sheep for the mile or miles that he has to go to safety, he has to hold on to the sheep. This is not a picture of threat, is it? This is a picture of tenderness. This is a picture of kindness. This is a picture of intimacy. It is a picture of love. You see, what Jesus is communicating to his, us today is this, that first and foremost, evangelism is an act of love. Then we have the second little parable, the parable of the lost coin. Now, from a 30,000-foot view, you might say, well, it's just repetition. He's just repeating the same thing for emphasis. Because what we have here is we have something is lost. There's a search for that something. The something is found. And then there is a celebration. And in that respect, yes, it is repetitive. But when we drill down to the details, we see it gives, it gives an entirely new message. Where the message of the parable of the sheep is love, the message is different with this woman and the coin. So let's take a look at the picture. We have a woman, and by the context, we can assume she is older, she's a widow, and she has very little. She has 10 coins. That's all the value she's really got in the world. And when she loses one of those, well, it's a big deal. So what does she do? She turn, She doesn't turn on the light. She lights up the house as best she can. She sweeps everywhere. She looks in between every crack and crevice. She looks behind everything she can until she finds the coin. And whereas we get a sense of love in the picture of this sheep, we get a picture, a sense here of urgency. Urgency. This woman is literally driven to do these things. Jesus is telling us also with respect to evangelism, we should have a sense of urgency. We should have, we should be driven towards evangelism. And what is it that causes us to have that drive? It is the sense of joy. The sense of joy that we get in our relationship or from our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus. And it's something like this. Wow. This is great. This, this sense of overwhelming peace I have from God, this, this feeling of being enfolded in God's love 24-7, this sensation of having God's strength with me wherever I go, whatever I encounter. This is magnificent. This is so good. I need to share it. I need to share it with my family, with my friends, with my acquaintances. You see, evangelism, Jesus is telling us, is not some chore. It is not some job of drudgery that we are asked to do. It instead is something that is joyful. And when we engage in evangelism with a sense of humility, when we engage in evangelism as an act of love, and when it springs from that well of joy within us, then evangelism is infectious. It infects everybody we encounter And it infects this place. It infects the church. 
This is a big deal. If you want to right now, you can get on your computer and you can Google at least dozens, probably hundreds of articles, which basically paint a picture of gloom and doom about the church. We'll talk about declining rates of attendance in every denomination across the country. We'll talk about crumbling faith with people turning away from God. And yet, if we look around, we will see churches here and there of every denomination, churches that are not only surviving, churches that are thriving, that are growing, that are places where energy is building. And we all want to know, what's the secret sauce? Today's gospel lesson is the secret sauce. It is evangelism. The churches which have a culture of love and joy, but a a culture also of sharing that love and joy by way of evangelism, those are the churches that are thriving, that are growing. Because evangelism creates energy among those we know, and that energy comes right back into the church. Evangelism is the secret sauce. And I think evangelism is the next big thing for nativity. Our presiding bishop, Michael Curry, if I had to say what's the most, what's the thing I think of first when I think of Michael Curry, it is his, it's his, his zest for evangelism. Curry likes to say, that he is the leader of the Episcopal branch of the Jesus movement. The Jesus movement is a cool way of saying evangelism. I want to read to you what Curry says about evangelism. He says, one of the things that I'm aware of is that we hear the word evangelism and automatically think about someone telling somebody something so that they'll change. But the truth is that evangelism is as much listening as it is sharing. Now, this is me. The listening as much as sharing, that's another way of saying love. Back to Curry. That's what evangelism is. It helps all of us find our way into a deeper relationship with God. And if there's a deeper relationship with God, there's going to be a deeper relationship with each other as well. If we truly help each other find our way into a deeper relationship with God, it will impact our culture profoundly. We'll engage with each other differently. And that can be world-changing. I couldn't agree more. Curry's words sound a lot to me like evangelism that is based in humility. These words sound a lot like evangelism that is an act of love. And these words sound a lot like evangelism that is a a sharing of the joy that springs forth, that wells forth within us. This is what God is calling us to do right here in this place. God is calling us as an act of love to be evangelists to our family, to our friends, to our co-workers, to our acquaintances, 
to anybody we meet, not in a threatening way, but in a way that says to them, I love you, and I want to share something that will make your life better. So today I'm asking, let's resolve to go outside these walls and share this act of love. And then let's see what it does to our community. Let's soak Dothan in this love and this joy. See what it does to Dothan. And see what it does right here. Amen.